Hi, my name is Kirby Ingles. I'm a leadership and transformation coach, a father of four, and a U.S. Army veteran. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve true success. Every week, my goal is to help you move one step closer to true success in a life that is rich and satisfying and helping you become the pillar of your community. Now, here on the True Success Podcast, we talk about leadership and personal transformation and dive deep into topics like mentoring, coaching, balance, problem solving, and creating an impact. True success is living your life's true calling. It's discovering new ways of viewing the world, building a life that's charged with hope, transparency, happiness, and fulfillment. True success is not what you think it is. Close your eyes and imagine setting goals, targets, and meeting them while adding value to the lives of others and making a difference daily in your community. I have been discussing mentorship in a way that kind of walks you through both aspects. One from the mentoring perspective and the other one from the mentee perspective. I hope that's providing you with a lot of insight in mentoring relationships from the mentee or the mentor perspective has been beneficial to me on both sides of the coin. And I think it can be to you. And as you, you know, begin to become mentored, it's also just important for you to mentor somebody else. All relationships should be developed upon a strong foundation. And when we talk about a strong foundation, one of the examples that I like to use is that when you build a house, you want to build a strong foundation for that house to sit on. If you build a house, you want to build on a strong foundation so it can withstand a hurricane or tornado or some other tragic environmental event. You want your relationships, especially your mentoring relationships, built on a strong foundation. Foundations, right, have to be built upon expectations, boundaries, and purpose. You need to clarify all those things, right? And I know initially when you first have this conversation, it's going to feel a bit awkward, right? Because you're not used to having these types of conversations. But if you want to start this mentor relationship off right, you need to define the expectations, the the, the purpose, and, and be very clear about the boundaries that relationships going to have. And that's with anything. One of the great books uh, that I read that really turned me on to developing clear boundaries relationships was by Dr. Henry Cloud. And uh, he's got several amounts. He's got boundaries for kids, boundaries for parents, just boundaries, right? He's got a whole series of these books called Boundaries. And actually, that was uh, required academic reading for me in my master's in counseling at uh, Liberty University. And so work up front to clarify all these things, right? Because it's going to produce, since we're in the fall season, let's use the word harvest, right? A strong foundation will have a good harvest and create a very healthy, strong bond between you and the mentor that's going to last a lifetime. And so you just need to do that and have this talk up front. And this is kind of what it needs to look like. You need to ask these questions about like how often you're going to meet 
what are you going to work through? Or are you just going to ask your mentor questions to get more of their perspective? How often will you meet? You know, what's the length of time, uh, when you're going to meet, where you're going to meet? All those things need to be talked about and be clear out front about what your expectations and boundaries are. And really the purpose, what are you expecting to get out of this? Because they need to know that. They need to know, like, especially like when I'm having a coaching relationship with somebody, I want to know the purpose and the reason why they came to coaching, right? What they want to get out of it so that we can both understand when the ending is coming and it's a lot easier to end the relationship on the right note because we've achieved what we both set out to do rather than be like, eh, I'm ready, I'm not, you know, when, when you're both very clear about what's going on, then it's going to be easier to walk away from the relationship when it's necessary, but still have a relationship intact if you understand what I'm trying to say. So be very clear upfront about your expectations, your purpose, and your boundaries, what you're willing to have a conversation about and what you're not. And be patient because you're going to have hangups. You're going to have hiccups. There's going to be kinks in the armor. You're, none of you are perfect. And so there are going to be issues and challenges that come away. But if you have clear expectations and boundaries and purpose up front, you're going to manage to get through all that. And this needs to be your number one conversation on your agenda, right? This is like the first time you meet. You're going to introduce yourselves. You're going to talk about each other a little bit or yourselves. But then, you know, you want to have that agenda. And so have those clear expectations, boundaries, and, and purpose, right? And then establish those expectations and purpose. And when you do that, right, that equals a very rewarding experience down the road because now you know what you both want to get out of this. It becomes what Stephen Covey calls a win-win situation. And when you have a win-win situation, everybody wins. Nobody walks away feeling like they gave something up, you know, they had a compromise, because in a compromising situation, everybody loses something. But if you find the alternative, you find the win-win situation, everybody walks away happy, and that's what you want. Things are going to happen, right? And so, you know, you want to try and be as, as good in communication as possible. Communication is very important, and you want to have transparency because transparency prevails all the prevails over all the other issues that you're going to have. And then you'll be able to get over the hurdles and around the obstacles. And so, so one of my mentors was extremely upfront with me, um, somebody that I had been working with all oh, for about a year or so. And they told me, he said, hey, Kirby, um, we've been working together for a year. You're amazing. You're doing great. And I'm not trying to say that to brag about myself. I'm just saying that's what they told me. And they, they actually said, like, I don't think I have any more that I can give you at this time. I don't think you need me anymore. And I think you're ready to go to the next level and find that next mentor. And that's extremely important because they were very clear about their established goals. And I was very clear about mine. And when we got to that point, we both knew like we were at the same moment at the same time. We're like, you know what? It's time. And we still have a relationship today. And so, but we ended the mentoring relationship and now we have a different type of relationship. And so we were able to get through that. So like I said, we both got what we wanted. And the, what I wanted out of the person was I wanted a sounding board. I wanted somebody to encourage me and just to hear me out 
while they on the other side were able to give me their perspective and their point of view without telling me that this is what I needed to do. And if I chose to go a different direction, then they were still okay with that. And they were okay with their viewpoint and me having my viewpoint, but they were able to give me that, that different perspective. And I thought that was very important. And so how should we behave? What should we do during these process and the initial meeting? And what kind of environment should we be setting up? I've been coaching for about six or seven years. I've got about 23 years of leadership experience. So I've had plenty of experience in the coaching and mentoring area, not only as a mentee, but also as a mentor. And I do have mentors now. I have about five of them. There are many types of mentoring, as you may know. And then there are also the the types of mentoring that I want to talk to you about are the types of mentoring that are developing into long-lasting relationships. Mentors really want to support you. They want to help you develop. They want to listen to you so they can impact you and share intimately with you their personal experiences on a different level. Having this understanding, this this understanding of purpose and direction and, you know, kind of where you want to go and how you want to do this and understanding that mentors, right? Mentors really want to help you. It is really about you. This should take the pressure off the mentee's back of having to perform for the mentor. We always seek to get to do our best so we can get accolated. But that's not what this relationship's about. We're not performing for the mentor. Mentors and also the mentees, you're not going to have all the answers. And the mentor is not there to fix the mentee. Because most of the mentees, you, you don't need to be fixed. There's really nothing to be fixed. Now, do we need to be fine-tuned a little bit? Maybe a couple levers and buttons pushed here and there? Sure, we all do. That's everybody. But there's nothing that you really need to fix. You're there to serve as a guide along their journey and help them get to where they want to be. Think of the hero story. And in the hero story of storytelling, a person comes along and they have a challenge. They have an obstacle they must overcome and a guide comes into their lives and helps them develop the knowledge, skills, and behaviors so they can overcome the challenges that are coming before them. There's an easy way to make this about the mentee. And it's really for the mentee to kind of set up, but the mentor to also guide them along this way and help them feel comfortable, feel comfortable with where they're at. And I'm talking about the environment and the location. Now I've said you can meet in coffee shops, you can meet in restaurants, you can meet in all kinds of different places. You can meet at a bus stop, you can meet in a park. But what I would suggest you do is find a quiet, safe place where you guys can let down your hair and you can kind of feel relaxed and you don't have as many distractions going on, okay? And when you can do that, when you can find yourself in that environment, you'll begin to be more freer and open to discuss and allow words to flow. And they're gonna flow from your heart, from your mind, and from your gut. And we call that the tango in the communication process. We think logically, we feel with our heart, and our gut is our instinct. And you want all three of those things working like a tango or a dance of that sort. Mentors need to hear what you're saying. They need to hear what's not being said. 
And the hardest thing about communication is trying to hear what isn't being said, trying to read between the lines, understanding, you know, what the body language isn't communicating and what the person's words aren't communicating. And that's a challenge. We, and that's a level five listening skill, which most of us, not even the, some of the best coaches in the world, even get to sometimes. A lot of us are in our, our prime get to a three. The, the best get to a four. And very few, very few, the 1% get to a level five, in my opinion. But mentors just really need to hear you, right? Hear you in your purest form, authentic, genuine, and where you are. So they know exactly where to help you. They need to hear you speak so they, they can listen to you carefully. And also, that allows them to help process this and while you're speaking, gain clarity about what you want or what you're trying to do. And then the wisdom will begin to come to the mentor on how they can help you along this journey as they hear you speak. Through that process, the mentee is also going to find direction because they're going to talk themselves through that process. And the mentor will also understand what direction you're going because sometimes we think we need know where we want to go, but we're leading ourselves in another direction. And sometimes we're going two different directions in our lives. And mentors can really help narrow that down. I've done that before. I find myself in that trap, you know, that conundrum, trying to split myself down two different forks more than I would care to share, uh, honestly. And so mentors help keep me on the straight and narrow. Uh, mentoring is just an incredible opportunity, guys. Mentors can help you get to a profound level of understanding about yourself, what you're trying to do, your goals, your ambitions, and even understand why some challenges and obstacles are extremely difficult for you. Again, as I go back to what I said, mentors help you develop those knowledge, skills, and behaviors that you're missing. And you may not even see that. You may not even notice that you're missing those. And maybe there's some skills or some, not skills, but behaviors that you don't notice that you have that are preventing you from getting there. There's behaviors that I notice in a, quite a few people. Maybe, maybe the person just doesn't care. But I think most of us that engage in a very intentional direct mentoring relationship with somebody really do care about those knowledge, skills, and behaviors. And we want to change so we can become the best versions of ourselves. Our mentor should always aim at helping the mentee accomplish their goal. It's not about the mentor. It is about the mentee. And they really want to help you. And that should be their goal and their ambition. Anything else, I would challenge the mentor mentee relationship and why the people are in it. And then when you do help us a person complete their plan, you can really help an individual change their life. And not only just change their life, change the lives of people around them, change the lives of their family. I mean, you think about it, right? If I touch one person, that person probably touches three or four or five people. And those three or four or five people touch three or four more or five people. And then it just continues to multiply and multiply and compound in such a way that you can create this impact and this legacy that spans across the globe. And you may not even met and in, in, even engage with some of these people. And they've already heard your name. They already know who you are. And they already know what you're about because of the people that you've brought into your circle and that you've poured into. 
the best thing the mentee can do, right, in these situations is to find that safe place, right? To find that place where they can just be their pure selves and pour themselves out so that the way the mentor can help them. And be just true to your words. Be true to your words so they, they flow from the mind, the heart, and the gut. Mentors, mentors uh, they want to trust you, right? You know, trust is an important foundation to any house built upon this mentoring relationship. If you don't have a strong foundation, it's going to crack and fall under, you know, difficult circumstances. So I talked a little bit about that. So so mentors really want to trust you, man. They, they don't want to fish around for what you're trying to do. So you need to be forthcoming and upfront and very honest and transparent from the very beginning. And it takes a little while to get a lot of this out. It's okay if it takes time to flush it out. They know this, right? Mentors know this, and they're gonna have some patience. If you're not ready to talk about it, then just say, you know what, I'm not ready to go there right now, maybe later. It's one of the things I do with all my coaching clients. I'm like, if you're not comfortable with a place that I'm at right now with you, then let me know that you're just not comfortable with going here right now. And then later on down the road, if you wanna come back to that when you are ready, we can have that conversation. Your agenda as the mentee, we're here to support you. Trust is built. There are no healthy relationships in this world without trust. Hands down, no healthy relationships. I think it was John Maxwell who said, if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. And he was talking about relationships. If you don't have trust, you don't have anything. If you don't have trust with your clients, if you don't have trust with your community, if you don't have, you don't have anything. You don't have trust with your family. You don't, you don't have anything. And once you have that trust established, it's off to the races, guys. It is off to the races. And you're going to be in such a great position. You're going to be in a position of freedom. And you guys are going to be able to explore the topics that you want to talk about and achieve the things that you want to achieve. The world is yours. At that point, both the mentor and the mentee get in the flow. Uh, what I've noticed is, is that very hard questions become very easy to ask, especially when you have trust. You don't have that anxiety about, you know, asking questions. You don't have that second guessing. Should I ask this now? Should I ask that later? You can just be very upfront and honest and very candid about questions. And so you should, that's one of the things that you need to do. Everybody wants transparency. And every, so, so just create the environment to have that transparency. That's all you need to do. And realize what you're doing this for. Realize that, you, you know, it's not about you. It's about the mentoring relationship. It's about the conversation and helping this person go get from where they are to where they want to be. And we've been doing this for a long time, guys. All of us have. No matter what stage in life you are, we've all been mentored and we've all mentored other people. We just don't always call it that way. And we're not always extremely intentional about it. So what I'm saying is get intentional about it. Help yourself out. Become the best version of yourself engage in the mentoring relationship or the mentoring conversation, if that's what you want to call it. Mentors can inspire mentees to change. Nobody really likes change, but with the right amount of support, we can change our behaviors, our lifestyles, and even our habits. Mentors have this awareness and some mentees, they may need a little fine-tuning. They may have something missing that prevents them from success, and mentors have this awareness, and they can point that out. Some of these, sometimes these things can be really challenging conversations, and but that's really essential for the mentee. Hard questions, 
uh, and discussions are easier once you have built trust. And I talked a little bit about that. We talked about building trust and trust is the foundation of the mentor-mentee relationship. And as you build trust and you can ask these hard questions up front, that accelerates the success of the relationship, but not only that, but the success of what the mentee's trying to get after, their goals. So as you embark on this journey of change with them, these are the things that need to happen. And you have to keep these other things in mind because change happens from the inside out, not from the outside in. And it takes time. You know, there's a myth out there that says that it takes 30 days to create change. Well, that's not necessarily true because there's been scientific studies evaluated this thing. And it's really the research shows it takes about 66 or 60 days to 120 days, depending on the individual. That 30-day thing is a complete myth and it's been bossed. Mentors want the mentee to be successful and they also get frustrated themselves. And so we have to remember to be patient and understand that this process takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Now, don't get me wrong. It is the mentee's responsibility. They are the responsible party for taking their own action steps once that's been agreed upon. And the mentor is the supporting role. But it's also the mentor's responsibility to encourage, guide, and help the mentee problem solve as they run into challenges and they face adversity. Gonna get frustrating guys and change is worth it in the end, but it takes effort and hard work. Mentees, they, they want to grow, but all they need is a healthy, good, supportive figure that knows who they are and what the mentee wants to become. Now there's five things that Maslow's hierarchy says that we need as people. But I'm not going to go through all five. As a mentor, you can really help with level three. And that is the need for for interpersonal relationship that motivates behavior. Interpersonal relationships that motivates behavior. None of us are perfect, right? Not, Not mentors, mentees, nobody is perfect. We all may be struggling in one or all of these levels on Maslow's hierarchy. You can be the person that can help somebody struggling with level three. And that is a big deal as a mentor. You can be the solution to that. We all face insecurity. We all do. It's a big part of every single one of our lives. But mentees, in order for them to grow and become what they want to be, they have to have a clear idea of what it is that they want. And some mentees just need to be pushed and some held accountable. And that's your job as a mentor to be loving, supportive, encouraging, but also to hold them accountable and push them outside of their comfort zone. Even I have an idea of who I want to become, and I need just as much support as the support that I provide even in the coaching arena. And don't get me wrong. Mentoring and coaching are two different things here, where they're completely different. And we'll talk about those differences on another broadcast. So today we're talking about mentoring. The mentee, they, they want to be successful. They want to grow. And they will do what the mentor asks, even if they don't want to at first. And if the mentee selects the right mentor, and I'm sure they have, 
because the person they select, they obviously have a lot of respect for you or them. And by hands down, when they trust the process, magic will happen. And there is a reason why the mentee is just pursuing the mentor because they want to achieve these things because they want to become somebody or something that the mentor already possesses because the mentor has certain qualities that the mentee has recognized in the mentor that they want to replicate. And that's extremely important for the mentor to understand. And it's important when the mentee does select the mentor that they pursue those qualities that they want to replicate in themselves. Mentoring has different seasons, just like life has different seasons. And I don't like to say that there is a season of change because change is constant in our lives. Still, there is a period of change that is significant in mentoring. At some point in your relationship, your mentoring relationship, you will begin to change your meetups, the times, the places. The conversation will change. And even it may need to end. Don't resist change. Allow it to happen and do it gracefully. As your relationship comes to an end, don't allow your feelings to get away or get in the way of a mentoring relationship because you might feel bad for the other person. If the connection isn't going where it needs to go for success, then you need to allow it to dissolve. Don't allow it to continue at a surface level. You want to go two or three levels deep for it to be successful. And you can always change the purpose of the relationship if you need to. You can always make adjustments. Transitions are awkward. You've ever been in a situation where you're standing there and it's kind of awkward and you're like, uh, you want to say bye, but you don't know how. And you're like, uh, yeah, that's, that's what these relationships are like sometimes. Nobody knows how to say goodbye or how to leave. We're terrible at it. What I found is a good practice is, is to talk about endings in the beginning. Endings in the beginning. And during the first meeting or two, you need to establish a goal, a length of time, when you're going to come back and revisit and evaluate the next steps. This check-in will allow you to address how things are going and make any necessary changes along the way. So there's a lot of reasons why we come to this point of transition. But this also gives the mentor one last chance to pour into the mentee as much as they can and make sure that they don't leave anything off the table and putting everything they got out there. And when you start to wrap things up, you need to communicate why and when this relationship is going to end. And before you end it, there's a few things that the mentor needs to help the mentee do. And these things will help them maybe find another mentor if you've outgrown each other. Maybe you want to give them some follow-on materials to digest. And you might also be referring them to a coach like me or a counselor. Even making sure that they just have the right support network around them by introducing them to people that you know that can provide value to them. Now, no matter what season of change you might find yourself, there's always an opportunity to grow. In every season, there's so many opportunities for growth. And change can be really, really hard. Trust me, I know this. And the, the transition is challenging. And we've all been through tough transitions. 
And most of us here watching may have been in the military at some point and understand what that transition's like. And that breakup is pretty hard. But it's worth it because it can be life-changing. So go out and be a mentor to somebody. A mentor and a mentee will get a lot of things out of the relationship together. There's just so much value that each one gets. It's reciprocal, right? You both get rewards. And the mentee should ensure that they thank the mentor and let them know how much and why. Why they appreciate the time that was given. Time is one of those things, guys. It's just a commodity that you can't get back. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't save it. You can't invest it. You can't buy it. You can't do anything with it. Every waking second that we waste is gone. And so when somebody gives you time, you need to show them the utmost respect and communicate why it was valuable to you so that they can replicate that. Think about that. You're going to help somebody else out in the future. And even I have had mentors and mentees as well, people I have mentored, where the connection doesn't exist anymore. And it's not consistent anymore, even after the relationship ended. But you know what? As a mentor or a mentee, I'm still thankful for each one of those people that gave me that time. That time was valuable to me. It helped me. They shared experiences with me that I would have never known about unless I would have experienced it myself. And we all know that learning through others is a lot less painful than experiencing it yourself firsthand. And if somebody can provide you 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of wisdom, depending on how long they've been around, that's valuable. That's why I love books. Because between those two hardback covers is decades, decades of wisdom that somebody is putting out there for you to absorb so you can be successful. Sometimes I treat a book like a good mentor. So the time that you have together will leave a mark on each of your lives forever. Hey folks, that's it for today. If you want more great content like this, visit www.kirbyingles.com. Again, that's www.kirbyingles.com. And I only wish you the best of fortunes in 2020 and set your sights high and focus on true success.